0: Whatever is out there, download it. It's freaking phenomenal. You guys won't regret it. Take
1: care. Ciao. Benil Darnouche. And, you know, um, Evan Dunham is a hometown boy, Vegas Strong. You know, so I feel like he was the favorite to win this fight. But it really didn't go that way in the first round. And after that the second round and third round I feel like he picked it up and he actually in my opinion pulled out this fight from the hat he he was losing this fight and they didn't give him the decision they gave him a majority draw excuse me majority draw which is kind of bogus in my opinion how do you feel about that well you know evan dunham is the is one of the mainstays in the ufc compared
0: to darnouche um he has a name recognition and from what i saw in the fight it is a typical evan dunham fight he does kind of feel out his opponent in the first round and then plays pick, uh, pick up at the next two rounds from there whether it's just him assessing the situation or him getting a feel the fight he always finds his rhythm within the second or third round these days in his later career. So mm-hmm. looking at the Vegas odds, um, they had a 6-1 to one for Devin Up. And I think, um, in my opinion, this was an okay showing for uh, for Dunham, uh, especially for, with a fire like Darnouche, who kind of seemed like he was laxing through the fight. I mm-hmm. do think that it was all Evan um, throughout the whole fight, though. I think um, it should have been a majority majority decision. I. Yeah. Don't feel like the draw aspect should not apply in this whatsoever.
1: <laughs> I definitely agree with you 100% because to me, Darius, he just like he just landed that elbow in the first round, That's got it. Dunham in some trouble. And then after that, Dunham came back in the second round and the third round, and he dominated because late second, early third rounds, we saw Darius just running out of gas and then Dunham putting the pressure on him. And he was actually urging Dariush, like, come on, come at me, bro. You know, Jersey Shore style, come at me, bro. <laughs> like, So, you know, Dariush is backed out. I do agree with you. That draw was kind of bullshit, pardon the French. It should have been Dunham majority, you know, getting the fight. And how do you, how do you feel overall? Um, five being the best, one being the worst. How do you feel about that fight? You know, I, I'm going to put it as a
0: 3.5, maybe to a 4, because I do love, love Evans tenacity. Mm-hmm. I think Evan Dunn always gives a great fight. Um, in my, I was going to pose a question to you after you give your rating, too. Sure. Why don't you give your rating of the fight?
1: My rating, I actually enjoyed the hell out of that fight. I give that fight probably a 4 out of 5 or 4.5. Okay. Honestly. My question to you is,
0: where do you see Evan going in his career right about now? He's been in the UFC for such a long time. Has had starts and goes throughout his career, never really has hit the pinnacle of success that he wanted. So, where do you see him going in the next two years?
1: Uh, this one's a tough one for me because, like I've always said in the last podcast, you know, our friendship goes way back. Huh? You know, I love Evan Dunham. I exactly. was on that and Evan Dunham bandwagon from day one. But I can honestly sit here and say at this time and point, I don't see him going nowhere in the two years. I honestly see him possibly being a gatekeeper for the division or just being one of those feather in the caps type of fighters that if they fight him, they get a feather in their cap. I I really don't see him fighting for the strap no time at all. And that hurts me to say because I am a fan of Evan Dunham. But that's what I see for him right now. Just a feather in the cap type of fighter and a gatekeeper, honestly. All right. All right. That sounds awesome. And let's go on to the second fight. I apologize if I butcher these names (laughs) because these names are kind of hard to say. But the second fight of the night was the Brazilian Calindra Faria versus Mara Romero Borella.
0: He did awesome. Uh, Thank you, thank you, sir.
1: Um, Mara Romero is, is... she is, excuse me, she is the first Italian female UFC fighter. So, she made history on her own. Oh, yeah. Just by stepping into the octagon. So, awesome. that fight was rather short. It just ended in the first round. Um, Mara came in and she just stuck to her guns. You know, she took Faria straight down to the ground. And she just really submitted her. She just made lightweight. She, Excuse me, she just made lightweight out of Kalindra. How'd you feel about that match? You know, Jay, the. The
0: women's strawweight division is an interesting division. I find it more competitive than uh, most of the women's divisions they have right about now in the UFC. I feel they have the strongest fighters. I feel they have the most ambitious fighters. I feel like these Mm -hmm. fighters take more chances. And as you said, they made history with the first Italian-born fighter going into the UFC right about now. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think it's especially representing his division to the fullest. You feel he's been an ambassador to the sport, an ambassador to MMA or to the UFC.
1: I definitely think he is, and that boy should get more shine than what he's getting right now because, honestly, he has been that hidden gem that has been rising through the ranks of the heavyweight division. And prime example, um, a few years back when he fought Roy Nelson, I thought he was going to get mauled by Roy Nelson. I think I was still in New York, and you were still in New York in that time. And yep. I didn't see the fight. Um, leaving from one of our friends' house, that I was like, oh, no, Roy Nelson is going to maul him, but he proved me wrong. I feel he is in, an ambassador for the heavyweight division. Uh, You know, in my opinion, he was the first guy to bring a chip to Cleveland. You know, it was not the Cavaliers, you know. <laughs> 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 it was Steve A. you know. So even for the European culture, he is representing – And for the heavyweight division, he is holding it down right now. Because I really don't see nobody touching that boy. Like, honestly. I don't see nobody touching him.
0: Epic! (laughs) Epic!
1: But with that being said, we're going to get into the fight that everybody wanted to see. Which I feel like this fight in this position overall was fucking bullshit. I'm sorry. I'll say it again. Bullshit. Because... This fight should have been main event of the night. You have Demetrius Johnson. That boy was on the verge of history tonight. And he did make history, you know, for whoever didn't see the fight. He did make history. He was on the verge of history tonight, fighting Ray Borg, the rank. He was what? what is he ranked? Number three? Which he doesn't even belong in there with Demetrius Johnson, in my not opinion. Not at all. Not at all. De- definitely. He does not belong in there with Demetrius Johnson. And they give him co main event. How'd you feel about that? What'd you think? You know, I was a little curious about the
0: situation, and I definitely i am um, trying to wrap my ra- my brain around why Dano, or the UFC in general, doesn't trust Demetrius as much as they should when it comes to uh, main events. Mm-hmm. They feel like his division doesn't get- gather enough money, and for what they're saying right about now, this is the lowest UFC card that um, gained any kind of um, nor- notoriety right about now, and for money as well, too, at the gate. But the same token, though... I don't think, and you know, bless my heart to all the people in Vegas that went through that tragedy. I don't think the last, the last thing people want to do is watch some UFC after a worldwide shooting right about now. So, of course, you're not going to have as many heads in that area because of that tragedy. But that being said, I think always the champion. The champion, whether it be in any sport, should go on last. That is the main title. This is not an interim title. This is the main title against a contender and a legitimate champion and a gimmick around it where he's going to be the GOAT, the greatest of all time. So with that being said, that should have been last. So I'm a little heated with that.
1: I agree with you 100%. When I seen this fight card on paper, when I seen the promotions on the commercials, etc. I was like, no flipping way are you giving Demetrius Johnson, like you said, possibly making history to become the GOAT, pound for pound, the best fighter right now over Anderson Silva. Come on, I could put some some pride rules into this UFC, and I think he would take Anderson Silva out. That, that, <laughs> <he's>, he, <laughs> that boy good. That boy good,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> He's just on another level, and I feel... I may be wrong. I don't know how other people feel. But I feel like this is just a slap in the face. And it is disrespect to Demetrius Johnson on every level. Because before this night, before this fight, he was number one in every category. Title defense, takedowns, strikes, significant everything. He was number one. So if that doesn't make you to go or the pound for pound fighter, and that does not give you the main event spot, what will? You get what I'm saying? What kills me the most
0: about this situation with Demetrius is that he's handling everything with the utmost respect. He's being the most respectful champion and fighter the UFC has ever had. He's not bitching and moaning. He's not complaining. He's fighting everybody who's legitimately on the board right about now, and he's doing it the right way. He's talked. He's uh, um, Talked about his criticism about finishing fights. What did he do? He held up his game, knocked somebody out in three seconds. He submitted somebody, let's in fifteen seconds. He's been finishing fights all through his career now. Same token, though, my biggest thing that I hate, and I absolutely hate. And I know hate's a strong word, but I hate <laughs> is the fact that the UFC was going to strip him. Of his title or strip the division mm-hmm. because of the fact that he was not going to fight Dillashaw at 125. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. It's part of my <laughs> French. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> fuck that shit. Demetrius, you have my utmost respect for keeping your cool throughout that situation.
1: You know, this is where we agree to disagree. It is the stoop. This is what we do. But I agree with you 100%. But, a little birdie was spreading rumors that Demetrius Johnson was asking for a lot of money for that fight. So, Demetrius didn't feel that his paycheck on that day would have been up to par. And, I'm going to have to side with him because, you know, UFC has been lining him up and he's been knocking them down. You know, not in that sense, but he's been dominating whoever they throw out at him they've been finding fighters from japan mm-hmm. from all over the world and he's been dominating so to a certain extent i agree with him where he should have made the bigger bank in that fight but i tell you what it would have been a hell of a fucking fight demetrius and delishaw oh that sounds like money and i still want to see that fight i still want to see that fight
0: oh definitely i i agree with you hundred thousand percent i think that fight is money but I do think, number one, I do think that Demetrius was doing the right way by taking his contenders first. Got that. Two, I believe he deserves the money, even though people are saying he's not the draw. Um, Find a better place for him to draw, because I guarantee you, if you go to a strong MMA state, because you know what? I'm looking at Vegas right about now and Vegas is not one of the biggest MMA states out there they're she trading agrees. for football they're trading mm-hmm. for hockey right about now they're trading for different things coming their way and they're leaving MMA in the dust places like New York New Jersey mm-hmm. Pennsylvania Connecticut Places where they will have a small arena but giant crowds. No offense to Madison Square Garden. It's a shithole. But you know what? It (laughs) gathers a lot of fucking momentum. It gathers so many people from around the world to go to that little fucking shithole. And I think fucking Demetrius will sell that place out if given the chance. So, yeah. Give him the pay, especially for someone who's a former uh, was Bantamweight, Bantamweight champion. Dude. Why not? That's a sell right there. He deserves that cash.
1: Before we get into the fight and, you know, the result, MMA, um, MMA Medicine Square Garden, prize fight, super fight, Demetrius Johnson versus Conor McGregor, Medicine Square Garden. That's Oof. money?
0: That is money, but...
1: Ooh, but...
0: But... I, number one, I think Demetrius will will maul him because of the fact, maul him because of the fact that I don't think Connor would make that weight properly. Yes. I think he would be um, so fatigued throughout the first round that Demetrius will spin around him, number one, and after round two or three, because he's not looking to take him out first round. He's looking to tire that boy out. And if he were to do it, even if Demetrius went up to banner weight, that's still not not great for Connor cuz Connor still has to go down twice for his natural weight to fight Demetrius. So, I think that's a bad fight for Connor, a great fight for Demetrius and a great payday if that were to happen.
1: What the fuck are you talking about? You, you know what? I, I, I just had to get that out of my system. The Conor McGregor. Dance for me, boy. You know what? He uh, would. he
0: he he'd probably say some racist shit like Dance Monkey Dance.
1: Like, Well, he did say it with the Floyd Mayweather fight. Dance for
0: me, boy. Dance for me, but, boy. But Demetrius is mad small, so it might make him even more do some crazy shit. Like, Mighty <laughs> mouse.
1: That would look really funny. But no, you you know i agree with you on that 100% that is a bad fight for uh, mcgregor demetrius would just maul him because honestly mcgregor is not on the demetrius johnson level no. cardio wise speed wise skill wise he would just he would not last with him in that ring at all but getting into the fight um we saw Honestly, the same performance that we expect from Demetrius Johnson. He dominated um excuse me, he dominated Ray Borg honestly for four rounds and it was just a typical Demetrius Johnson that goat, you know, performance where he just makes everybody look bush league and like a scrub that nobody belongs in there with Demetrius Johnson and he he just put on one of his performance like I I I I wasn't surprised because, you know, it's something that I expect from him, seeing all of his fights, but did you see anything wrong? Did you see something off, or did you feel like it was another dominant performance from him when he finished him off?
0: You know, the best part about Demetrius is when he looks at these fights and he analyzes them, he's not where a GSP used to be scared going into a fight and taking risks. Demetrius loves to experiment in his fights. He loves to try different things, whether it be more takedowns, whether it be a faster way to take somebody down, whether it be his punching, his kicking. I saw a lot of leg kicks with Demetrius in this match. Um, I saw a lot of great cardio from Demetrius in this match, as always. Um, I always see Demetrius trying to pull out something different. At the end of the day, looking at Demetrius... He does experiment in the fight, and he does have fun while fighting to try to make an entertaining fight. But at the end of the day, he always tries to look for the finish. And that's what we got.
1: Yeah, we got that, though. Like um, critics have said, you know, he doesn't really finish his fight strong or whatever they like to say. Just to criticize, you know, you will always have haters and critics. He finished him in the fifth round. Do you think he could have finished them off earlier? Like Oh, or?
0: definitely. I think he probably could've finished him around two or three. But I do think, um, as a businessman as well, too, seeing how Demetrius fought this match, he was taking everything Borg had and just was throwing it out the window. So I do think that he was trying to give the fans a little bit more for their money. You know, they're coming to see him. So he's gonna perform different ways. He's gonna try to do different things. He's gonna Also, make Borg look good. Because at the end of the day, Borg didn't look that bad in this fight. At the end of the day, Borg could still get that strap or a chance to get that strap again. So, he kind of put over Borg in a way.
1: He, You know what? I agree with you. Uh, I feel like Borg did show some promise. But the thing is that, in my eyes, the person to beat Demetrius and he just caught cold feet was um, Dotson.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. John
1: Dotson, you know, he called Kofi. But it's going to be hard for Boyd to contend, in my opinion, because after seeing Dotson and after seeing the past fights from Henry Cejudo, it's like, wait... Henry Cejudo is looking like a problem right now, a legitimate problem. Maybe he was thrown in there too early. You know, now he's developing his skill set. And I really don't see Borg hanging with either Cejudo or Dotson, in my opinion.
0: You know what's been rattling me lately? Why wasn't Joe Soto brought to the flyweight division earlier? I mean, Joe Soto in Bellator, for people who didn't hear from him before the UFC, was a monster in Bellator in, in mm-hmm. that division. So the fact that he was fighting in bantamweight and and at one point featherweight as well, too, boggles me. The dude was like five foot nothing. He's made for the fucking
1: flyweight division. I agree with you. Joe Soto could have been brought in definitely way early, way early. But the thing is that at that time... I feel like UFC had and they were discriminating against fighters out of their promotion. You know, I think yeah, they were definitely just, they were just looking at Bellator fighters like, "Hey, you guys are bush. You guys are just big fishes in a small pond." So that's why I don't think he got to that division. Excuse me, division ASAP. Maybe if he would have got there early, it would have been a different outcome and a different result, in my opinion. Honestly, like, but with that being said taking nothing away from Demetrius Johnson because, like I said, he's been knocking them down as long as they've been lined up. He is the GOAT. He is the pound for pound number one fighter. <laughs> that boy, nobody's touching him. That boy good. That boy good. You know. So, what kudos. do you rate the fight? Ooh. I rate that fight... I mean, Borg had a little bit of sunshine in the fight, but out of five, I'll give it that fight. Not taking away nothing from any fighter, but I give it a three, three and a half. Just because it was just a typical domination from Demetrius. What what do you rate it?
0: I give it a four because I do think it was uh, Demetrius having fun to fight as always. And Mm -hmm. when he knows he's going to win a fight, he takes more liberties. But Mm -hmm. um, I also think that he made uh, Borg look really good as well, too. I think um, this takes nothing away from Borg. If he wants Mm -hmm. to continue in this division, I think he could definitely uh, make a stand if he takes a little bit more. if he takes his fight with constructive criticism,
1: he could be a monster. If. So do you feel like this is a GSP-John Finch fight where that boy took a beating John Finch and he got put over by GSP?
0: I would like to say that, but then again, John Finch never reached his potential because he couldn't get out of his own mind. So I think that um, Bork has the ability to do so in a division that doesn't have many fighters, top contenders right about now. If he did take this and molded himself, maybe even train with Demetrius, he could be an even absolute better fire than what he came into this fight.
1: You know what? That actually sounds good. I think that actually would help him because we've seen that in the past from other fighters like Chao Sonnen and Yushin yep. Okami where they have trained with each other after defeats and stuff. So... I actually think that would do Ray Borg a lot of wonders for his career, and I could see him contending with the top fighters. But moving on to the main event, like I said, I'm not taking away nothing from the two guys in the main event, but I feel like Demetrius should have had this spot. You know, because these guys were fighting for a strap, not taking away nothing from them once again. But they weren't the champs, like you said. You know, the champ deserves that spot. So, the main event was between Tony Ferguson, which is riding a 10-fight win streak. 10-fight, bro. That's that's crazy nowadays. 10-fight win streak against Kevin Lee, which he's like on a... Three-fight-win streak, I think it is, and ranked number seven, I think it was. He doesn't deserve to be in there. I just feel like this was a fight that they just threw together just to throw together because, you know, Connor was off doing his little exodus, you know, soirees and things like that. So, But with that being said, it was actually... A good fight. It disappointed a little bit because the fight had its moments, like right in the beginning, where Bruce Buffer was announcing the fighters. You saw Kevin Lee, like ah, ah you know. So I'm like, oh, it's gonna be a good fight, you know. So I'm getting up here, like getting excited, you know, sitting on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm, but it had mm-hmm. it had its moments where it was like, ooh, okay. But then it just kind of dropped because I feel like. They were respecting each other a little bit too much, or I feel like they had something to lose, which I feel like the one that had more to lose was Tony Ferguson, excuse me, because he is on the 10-fight win streaks. so... But overall, it was a good fight. What do you think about that fight? You know... I have a lot of problems
0: with this as well, too, being the main event. Um, I love Tony Ferguson, seeing from the mm-hmm. Ultimate Fighter and how he gradually improved throughout the years, stuck to his game, did not get discouraged with every loss that he got. And looking at the, the way the UFC works these days, he took his time, took patience, and finally got an opportunity and stuck to it. He didn't say no, he didn't say I want to fight this person, that person. He said, you know what? I have an opportunity to try to make some kind of history today. I'm going to do it. So more respect to him with that. Kevin Lee, on the other hand, I didn't think he belonged in there. It kind of reminded me, and no disrespect to Kevin Lee, but it reminded me of when Dan Hardy fought GSP. Dan Hardy wasn't absolutely ready, even though we wanted that to happen. We wanted Dan Hardy to win because we believed the hype most of the times, too. If it was going to be a stand-up war, then maybe, you know, Dana Hardy would have won that fight. But even with Kevin Lee right about there, I don't feel he was ready. I think that he was rushed into this championship main event. Could have been nerves. Looking at um, the pre, uh, prelims right about now, even with the walkthrough yesterday, it seems like he had a hard time making weight into this fight, too. So I don't even know if he was even in his head in this fight.
1: No, that's true. But first of all, I want to address what you said. Don't talk about Dan Hardy. That's <laughs> that's my guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I love Dan Hardy. No, I I agree with you what you say because Dan Hardy definitely was not ready for GSP. That was just a hype fight, you know. So I agree with you. And yeah, um, getting back to the Kevin Lee thing, um, I heard he was actually like you said having trouble making weight. That you know the fight was going to be tonight Saturday, and it was still like friday nine o'clock and he still was not making weight so i just feel like he had a lot of things going up against him and like you said it could have been nerves it could have been jitter his head wasn't in the game and maybe it was because i don't feel like he should have been in there you know he definitely did not belong in there like i said i love tony el kukui ferguson you know Hell yeah <laughs> that's my dude Been watching him from ultimate fighter so i'm happy for him and this actually sets up a great match right now, Ferguson versus Conor McGregor. What do you think about that?
0: Well, we don't even know with that right now, man, especially with the controversy with McGregor taking those recovery um, anabolics, steroids, mm-hmm. I guess, if you want to say that. But the same token, he wasn't scheduled to fight anyway. This is more of a USADA uh, issue right about now, especially with fighters. I agree with USADA and then I don't agree with USADA as well too. Mm. It, it, steroids are kind of funny. I have this uh, belief still that there are certain steroids out there that yes, through a hard training process, especially I'm not making excuses for Conor, but dude did a different, completely different sport for the last six months, eight months of training. So his recovery time is going to be a little bit different. If he found an alternate way to help him recover better without a scheduled fight, then I guess more power to him. I don't condone steroids, but if he's going to help his body recover while he's not scheduled to fight more power to you. That being said though, um, with this controversy, it does leave out the picture that if he does get suspended, it could be for two years. And if that's the case, he may drop the title and we either see a Tony Ferguson actually have or be given the authentic lightweight championship or, they just might have an undisputed champion with a contender, a top two or three contender right now.
1: I agree with that. I, I actually think this division is kind of bush for what Dana White allowed Conor McGregor to do. You know, yeah, definitely. I, I feel like no, you are my champion. You are representing my division. This whole. Uh, circus, because that's what I called it. It was a circus match. This Mayweather, McGregor. It was just money for both sides. Oh, yeah, but definitely. The losing benefactor in this was the UFC, because now your champion, like you said, is trying to recover. He's taking steroids, whatever it is. You know, you just taint the division and put the division on hold. So oh, definitely. I feel like. Tony Ferguson falls in kind of, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Tony Ferguson falls in that Hennon Brow kind of state where, like, you know, he became the face of the division and he defended that interim strap over and over. You get what I'm saying? Do you agree with that or you think I'm wrong?
0: Oh, no, I definitely agree with that. But I also do believe that there's – plausible contenders for the title. Naga Madoff, you still have Eddie Alvarez right, right there, who never really got his rematch for the title as well, too. You, yeah. you still have some viable contenders out there. And you know what? If you really want to make a money match, and this is my opinion, even though he doesn't deserve the championship opportunity, you could still put Nate Diaz in that match. And I'll tell you this much, that would sell out the Garden because since the Conor McGregor fights, Nate Diaz has been a
1: money maker fight. You know what, I two things I I mean, I agree with you on one and I agree with you. I don't agree with you on the other one. I feel like uh Mermegomera, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, I just butchered it. I apologize. <laughs> the Russian man, he I feel like, you know, he is the only contender right now for Let's say the Tony Ferguson strap because Connor is not in the picture. I feel like he's the only contender. As far as for Eddie Alvarez, he does not deserve no shot because Eddie Alvarez lost to the champ. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. he does not deserve to be in. even remotely in the picture. He he He's the stepping stone right now. Not even a stepping stone. That boy is all the way at the bottom. I'm sorry because I know you're an Eddie Alvarez fan. You <laughs> love that, dude. I, that's why you're saying it. But you lost to the champ, bro. Back of the line, my man. So you get what I'm saying? And he lost no, to the, I feel you. He lost to the champ real bad. And very I, bad. On- very bad. Yeah, and I honestly thought Eddie Alvarez was going to pull that match out, bro. Because I've seen Eddie Alvarez in some wars with Michael Chandler in Bellator. And I thought Michael Chandler was on a way other level than McGregor. And he just disappointed me. You know? So... But talking about the Nate Diaz, that's money right there. Nate Diaz is the only one, in my opinion, that deserves that title shot. And But then it just kind of leads to the controversy where everybody wants to see McGregor, Diaz 3, yada, yada, yada. So then it kind of hmm. leaves Tony Ferguson in a limbo. I don't know. What do you think?
0: I have a better opportunity for uh-huh. you right here. Check this one out. Because of the fact that we're getting um, the uh, featherweight division happening with Edgar challenging for the title. Ooh. How do you feel about this? Since this person's been off the radar for the fly for the featherweight division, I almost said flyweight. (laughs) Um, How would you feel if we finally got Jose Aldo stepping into the lightweight division at his normal weight?
1: Oof. I don't know why I thought you were going to say Chad Mendes. You got me excited for a moment. That is
0: also a person I feel shouldn't not be in that division anymore for no apparent reason. So you got two contenders now. You have two people that can be monsters in the lightweight division
1: if they chose. You know what? Yeah, definitely. That, that, that sounds good right there because Jose Aldo, that would be his natural weight division. And... He 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 wouldn't have to drop that much, you know the weight the weight cutting and everything would just be perfect for him. The power would be there, you know the speed would be there, the ki- the kicking power would be there, you know. So he wouldn't lose all that power. And it it, it would actually sound like money. It, it would be good matchups. Him in there, Chad Mendez, you know. But Chad Mendes, I feel like he doesn't have his head on straight. You know, I feel no. like yeah, I feel like there's a bunch of um, effery going on at Alpha Male. You know, I love that camp, Alpha Male. I feel like. Uh, like there's just you know they don't have their head on straight so but I mean I would like to see Chad Mendez in there but I think the best one would be Jose Aldo he would definitely that would actually make a good fight him and Tony Ferguson de- definitely in my book what do you um give the main event overall how do you feel like overall I mean
0: it? I guess I give it a 3.5 I don't think Lee deserved to be in that fight uh I do give Ferguson all the respect though pulling off that submission at the end as well too It's not mm-hmm. every day where we see a triangle finish as well too it's not every day where we see a uh interim champion end on such a high note and such a great note as well too i know he wants that connor fight am i is he gonna get it do i think he's gonna get it i don't think so uh i even think that connor is gonna laugh in his face but if he were to fight if he were to get away from the suspension now, let's not even talk about that because there's some yeah. bullshit happening around with suspensions yeah. with John Jones. That could be for another fucking podcast. <laughs> Definitely but we
1: could leave that for another podcast.
0: But I do give it about a 3.5 because I'm happy to see Ferguson get a strap. I just would have rather seen it with a, with a better circumstance. I
1: I I would give that match, and I'm just gonna be biased because I like Tony Ferguson el kukui i give it a <laughs> i give it a four 4.5 just because wow yeah <laughs> i'm rating it high because just for the simple fact that we saw another tony ferguson in there he had the swag he had the charisma he had the you don't belong in here you know that type of that type of presence he you you saw in in the in the before the pay-per-view started when he came into the arena he was just you know prancing in his suit and throwing elbows you know he had that presence to him like he was confident so this is the first time i've seen tony ferguson like this he has fought some good fighters in my opinion oh yeah you know so i i i give it overall a four 4.5 and just to cap it off that high because you know he became interim champ you know and i feel you say you don't think he's going to get it. Uh, I mean, there is a lot of effery and favoritism in the UFC, like we said in the first mm-hmm. MMA podcast that we spoke about. So I feel like he's going to get it. If not, the next fight for him is going to be Nate Diaz. And, you know, since there's favoritism and BS in the UFC, it might be Nate Diaz. He might lose the straps to Nate Diaz, and we might see a big unif—excuse uh, me unification fight between Nate Diaz and McGregor. I think that's what's going to happen. What do you think?
0: I think so too. I think they're begging for that part three right about now. I think they're begging to have that money match because that's going to be a couple million dollars right there to make it for the UFC. And to be honest, the UFC at this moment in time needs money matches. Mm-hmm. The way they're going mm-hmm. about it though, is a horrible way. Kind of like how we spoke on the last podcast for MMA, we do want to build stars. The the UFC needs to build stars. They need to start riding the coattail of these people like Tony Mm -hmm. Ferguson, who are on 10-fight win streaks. Like Stipe, who's carrying a division. So, I mean, it's all about uh, where do you want to go as a business? Do you want to do the right business? Or do you want to go like Bellator and make some bush-ass fights for a couple million dollars? (laughs) No offense to Bellator, but I saw that last Roy Nelson fight. Do look like shit. He won his fight, but he was slobbing around <laughs> looking like shit. Okay?
1: <laughs> no, bro, no. Oh, definitely agree with you where they gotta write the cold tail on these. I'm not gonna say B-class fighters just for the sense because if I say B-class fighters, people will think I'm taking away from them. I am not taking away from them from Whatsoever, but I say B class fighters, excuse me, in the sense that they're not that superstar fighter that the UFC would have in the limelight, you know. But they are superstars in their own right, don't get me wrong. Yep, but like you said, don't take that recipe out of Bellator because I know you saw that Chow Sunning and that. Vanderlei-Silva match. Oh, my God. I, I was embarrassed watching that match, bro. That was freaking horrible. If like, you thought
0: that was horrible, the freaking match before that with fucking um, Chell and pulls off the mask and fucking Stefan Bonner's there like this is fucking pro wrestling. <laughs> like, like, like,
1: no. And even
0: that match was Bush League. So, I mean, oh, Bellator, you, no. All right, yeah. I'll, go on, I'll go on a tangent for this. Bellator, you have some incredibly great fighters. Your fighters are top-notch if you were to promote them the way you should. And you were at one point. You were having Michael Chandler on fucking uh, Dave & Buster commercials and whatnot. You were having Joe Warren on commercials as well, too. But you decide to pull a WCW and start <laughs> running on some fucking Czech Congos, some Benson Hendersons, and other people right about now. No disrespect to Benson Henderson. I love Benson. But you know what? He lost his last fight, mm-hmm. convincingly as well, too. And you're right off the coattail of UFC throwaways right about now. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. You have the skill set. You have
1: the people out there to make money. Use them not not only that my fault for cutting you off but you have Scott Coker you know he he put strike force on the map like what yep. are you doing bro like you yep. can you came into a promotion that could have wiped the floor with UFC in my opinion you had that mindset you had Scott Coker it's like what are you doing with this you're just you're just like grabbing up this excellent piece of coal and you're not even trying to make it into a diamond you know you're just like wasting this opportunity so i mean we could definitely leave that for another podcast definitely, you know definitely. we have so much ideas so much you know the name jay rants i'm always ranting so i, I don't want to keep ranting i don't want to keep showing <laughs> the ear off for the listeners <laughs> so but overall i have another question for you at the end but overall to wrap it up With the question, how do you feel about the pay-per-view? What do you give it overall?
0: You know, it's tough as well, too, because... When it comes to pay-per-views where there's not a lot of big-name fighters, not known fighters, it's not going to draw a lot of attention to the, to the public's eye, especially for mm-hmm. new fans. True. So uh, even with the promotion going on, your, your top-notch fighter, your GOAT, wasn't even the main event. So you're trying to draw people on an interim title, and that's not really going to draw eyes. So in that aspect, if I was a new fan, I'd probably be giving this a two because I wouldn't know what the hell's going on. If... I am a fan like me, myself, who loves enemy like yourself as well, too. I enjoy the chemistry between um, um, Borg and Demetrius having a fight where Demetrius can actually um, throw some new stuff out there. If I'm looking at fights um, like um, Dunham who goes and puts all his heart there, then I'm going to enjoy these fights. Uh, Ferguson mm-hmm. winning that title, it's a feel-good moment for me. So I'm going to give it maybe a 3.5 to a 4. Maybe a 4 because of the fact that of Demetrius and Ferguson's performance, a 3.5 because of the promotion, how they went about it.
1: You know what? I'm going to have to agree with you on that one, and I would give it a solid 4 or a 3.5 because I wasn't really going to see this fight card, honestly. Like, I sat here and I saw it on paper, and I was like, "Uh, I don't know, should I watch this? But then I was like, you know what? Sometimes these fights – Of course, all fights, they're not fought on paper. You get what I'm saying? Of course. So, in the past, we have seen some fights, and we have said, oh, no, they could be Bush, but they actually turn out to be amazing cards. And I give it a solid four, in my opinion, because I feel like this was one of those cards where I felt like it was going to be Bush to the max with um, Derek Lewis pulling out. That last minute replacement for Verdun. So I was like, ooh, this just got even worse. You get what I'm saying? And then with Demetrius having that cold main event, I saw no good coming from this fight, but it was a pleasant fight card. I enjoyed it. And I saw a few stars, you know, like you said, Ray Borg being made. I saw the first Italian woman in the UFC fighter. I'm going to call her the Italian stallion. You know? Hell yeah, Rocky. <laughs> yeah, Rocky. <right, laughs> yo, you know. So I'm going to call her that. You know, she's another star coming up because she's just dominated her match. And like you said, Tony Ferguson getting the strap. So it was it was a pleasant pay-per-view overall. I give it a solid four in my opinion. It wasn't that bad. I'm actually glad that I saw it. But um, my secret question for you was november 4th we see Mm. the return Mm -hmm. of possibly one of the greatest to do at all times george saint pierre you really gonna ask me this question aren't you i'm really (laughs) gonna ask you this question yeah i'm really gonna ask you this question because i already know your answer i already know your answer prediction bold prediction right now on the stoop way ahead of time bisping or gsp who wins that fight You know, I have a follow-up answer to this
0: as well, too, but I'm Mm going to go with the the immediate one. I do think that Bisping has a weight advantage. I think Bisping is going to have a striking advantage at his game right now, especially since GSP has been off the mat for quite a few years already. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the weight, the height, uh, I believe the the weight cut that GSP has to go from being used to 185, not even 170 Mm -hmm. pounds, going yep. all the way up to 180 and just being comfortable with that weight. Mm-hmm. Not really even knowing how he fights at that weight it's going to be confusing for him. Uh, I think this is either going to be a decision fight or I think it's going to be a fight where, and quote me on this, I can see Bisping tapping him out. Ooh, what a
1: tap out. You're, yep. you're
0: feel